0: So, on this week's episode of the Impact Sessions, I'm absolutely delighted to have Salma Karolia as my guest. Salma is currently, and I say currently, we'll explain why in a minute, CEO of SK Cosmetics. Uh, the title of the podcast is "The World of the Serial Entrepreneur," and Salma has been involved in entrepreneur. Sort of activities for a number of years, so that's why I say currently because there might be all sorts of things going on in her world. So, first of all, welcome to the impact session, Salma.
1: Thank you very much, Nick.
0: Excellent to see you. It's uh, you're looking well and looking good. That must be the cosmetics brand working as well is it. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> good stuff. Well, I'm going to run through a series of questions and just have a chat. Um, I think a lot of people are interested and intrigued by entrepreneurship. It's also quite misunderstood, I think, isn't it, in terms of what it means. So, um, you know, because I've known you for a long time, I thought, you know, you'd be a really interesting, good guest for the for the audience just to see what your take on things are. So so welcome along and let's have a chilled relax and a chat and see what we can get through, shall we?
1: Thank you, yeah, looking forward to the next Excellent. Uh, moment.
0: Well, yeah, we've got about, we we'll probably get about 35, 40 minutes or so and it'll fly by, or it usually does. It might not, if it doesn't, it's well, been... I
1: don't shut up my time, <laughs> do I? Well, there you go.
0: It could be, could be longer than that. So, so, listen, Sam, I've known you for... I've said over ten years, but when did you? When did we start working together on your sort of uh, beauty academy? What year would that have been roughly? The
1: business launched in two thousand and three, and it will have been about two thousand and five, maybe two thousand and six. Goodness me!
0: Wow. Okay, that makes me feel old. Thank you for the start to that. That's brilliant. Okay, um, the reason I've invited you on—it's fair to say that you never really stand still. Do you certainly in terms of of business? Um, do you want to give us a bit about your background and how you got into? business in the first place, and sort of what you're up to now and involved in at the moment.
1: Yeah, so I actually had no intention of doing business whatsoever. I was trained to be a midwife. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, a little bit of a turn. Mm. But I knew how to do hair and makeup, and a lot of times people would say, well, can you do my hair for me? Can you do my makeup for me? And I'd say, yes, I I can, but I couldn't really charge them because I didn't have insurance, I wasn't trading as such. So I decided to do a short training course. I thought, well, although I'm um, getting to the end goal... Achieve, uh, achieving the result, I wasn't 100 percent certain if the steps that I was taking was correct. Mm. So I thought I'll do this course, and the closest course to me to do um, an intense short course was in Liverpool.
0: And that, for those who don't know, that's about an hour and a half, two hours, probably two hours drive mm-hmm. from from uh, Yorkshire, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah. So I started doing this training course, and whilst I was doing that, I knew how to do threading. I'd just sort of self-taught myself over the years. And uh, my tutor said to me, well, after we've finished our class, do you mind if you can just do my threading for me on my what, eyebrows? What
0: thre- Oh, is that where they use a the little piece so of string? It's a piece of string yeah, yeah. to
1: shape the eyebrows. Mm. And quite often local people used to call me the eyebrow doctor. Apparently I used to do really nice eyebrows. So I said, yes, of course I can. So I started doing an eyebrows and the principal of the um, organisation was walking past and she was a traditional sort of head teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at me like, what are you doing? Mm It's like, oh, can I see you in my office after this? And I thought, oh no. What have I done? Oh, what (laughs) have I done? Was I not supposed to be doing this? So um, I thought, okay, um, that's fine. So I went to the office and she said, I saw you doing threading and it looked quite good. I said, okay, thank you. So she says, do you mind teaching it? I'm like, "Uh, No course that'll be fine mm. so i started teaching that and um that uh, as up. part of the course then mm. okay as part, no as part of a separate course okay. so it was just like a taster course so it wasn't regulated at the time it mm. wasn't certified and um, quite quickly i was approached by habia which is the hair and beauty industry association that sets the standards mm. for the uk for all sorts of beauty courses and they said well you're doing threading but it's not accredited it's not insurable so can you come and sit onto the panel and um you know let's put together some standards mm. yeah fine So, I went to Doncaster, started putting these occupational standards together, which we did, and it became a training program as part of an NVQ unit. Mm.
0: Um,
1: So, very quickly, I found myself traveling up and down the country teaching threading to uh, (laughs) college lecturers and anybody and everybody. So, that's how the journey began. Quite quickly, I identified that there was a gap in the market in Yorkshire. Mm -hmm. Um, There wasn't many organizations or if any actually that were doing short intense training courses so there was loads of colleges mm. that were doing all these long courses 16 week courses 32 weeks full academic year but nothing that was sort of sharp and snappy
0: and what sort of sharp and snappy were you looking for then in terms of beauty what would that be makeup hair nails uh, you know that what kind of stuff were you were you what was the gap
1: when I was, when I initially started the business, I was offering about five training courses. Mm-hmm. By the time I sold the business, um, there were 62 training courses in beauty, nails, holistic therapies and hairdressing.
0: Good grief. Okay. Yeah.
1: And That included everything from massage to nails to mm. all kinds of things.
0: And all quite short, intensive, mm-hmm. easy, accessible. Because I think that's the key, yeah. wasn't it, to the the academy. It made it accessible for people who aspired to work in that sector, in that industry, and they weren't. They weren't going on like a two year course at college and day release and all that kind of thing.
1: Absolutely. So the target market was more so adults as opposed to the 16 year olds or 18 yeah. year olds. Although we did get lo- uh, many 16 to 18 year olds doing the courses, mm. but it was more for the mature people that wanted a change in career, wanted to do something different. Mm. But as I was doing the training courses and the, the, we had set up the academy, um, there was a gap in the market again. So once people do the training courses, before you get your um, products at wholesale prices, which you need your certificate to be able to say, can I access this wholesale market? Mm. So there was um, uh, certificates could take a number of weeks before they arrive. So I set up another business called Salon Experts, which was all wholesale products to Mainly students, yeah, and started accessing colleges and um, supplying colleges. So, like and so a startup
0: on. pack for them, if they were qualified as, as they came off the qualification, a startup pack for them to get going initially was that the was that the thought yeah. process? Yeah,
1: at that time, sixteen years ago, there wasn't much of this e-commerce business, no. so the you know local people were travelling to um, I'm from Batley, so pe- local people were travelling to either Huddersfield or Leeds or you know nearby.
0: Well, again, for those who don't know, we're talking about you know. F- 10 miles or whatever might mm-hmm. be in public transport if they didn't have access to so not convenient not like ordering mm-hmm. online these days and getting them the next day or the same day from yeah. places yeah so okay i was talking to somebody earlier on an earlier podcast about the days of pre pre google and pre internet and pre amazon and it did exist didn't it it did it did
1: <laughs> <laughs> hard to imagine it now though isn't yeah. it
0: yeah so you, this thing about spotted a gap spotted a gap saw this opportunity is that trained or just instinctive do you think where you know where, where's that where's that come from for
1: me it wasn't trained mm. um at- I need a slap on the back of the wrist for this, actually. I don't plan many things. So um, and I, when I'm actually doing business coaching, I always say, well, we need to do a cash flow forecast. We need to do a plan. We need to see, you know, where what does the business look like in six months, a year, two years, three years. Actually, I'm, I'm the biggest culprit. I don't do none of that. It's just a case of an opportunity comes my way. Just grab it and run with it, figure out how to do it after. And it's worked for me.
0: And I think, to be fair, that that's probably one element of an entrepreneur is that kind of can-do attitude and things, isn't it, really? so we'll we'll go back a little bit over the 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 sort of style of the 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 podcast but so what are you up to now then when did when did you uh, move on from and sell your beauty academy and and what you up to now with SK Cosmetics?
1: So I sold the businesses in March Uh um uh, last year 2019 yeah yeah in March 2019 and um To be fair, I actually never thought I'd ever sell the business. Mm -hmm. I always thought this was my be-all and end-all. You kind of eat, breathe, you know, the beauty academy... Um, so about a couple of years ago, I had a thought that I need to exit from this business. Um, I felt like I was getting a bit old, mm. and I thought, Ooh, if, if I'm in it now, I'm going to be in it forever. Is this what I want to do? I kind of fell into it, mm. um, and before I knew it, although we were doing beauty, I was also doing things like apprenticeships, traineeships, employability, SIA courses. It's like, oh, and like I said, opportunities go your way, grab it. Yeah. Um, so I decided I wanted to sell it. I thought I was going through a little bit of a mid- midlife crisis because I thought I always said I'd never get married, and uh, two years ago I thought, yeah, I'm getting married, and I did. I thought now I'm saying I'd never sell the business, and I'm selling the business. So what is going on? So I thought, okay, which one is it? So I, I got married and I left the business, and then six months later, I thought, no, I think I'm ready to sell.
0: Yeah, <laughs> okay. So SK Cosmetics, where did that come mm-hmm. from?
1: My passion for beauty, passion mm-hmm. for makeup, and um, although it's a very crowded market, initially when I sat back and I thought, right, I do need to do a little bit of research, no, sell me your idea, and then just springing it into action, <laughs> is it going to work on this instance. It's, yeah. it, it's a um, huge industry of experts and famous people and celebrities and so on.
0: Lots of established brands, isn't there, and stuff, yeah, lots mm, of them. many,
1: Many, yeah, many, many, yes. So um, I started doing a little bit of research and actually, although the market is very crowded, when I had a look at what I wanted to do, which was making sure it was vegan and cruelty-free and also the packaging was made out of recycled um, products, all that sort of stuff, it actually wasn't that crowded Mm. because there isn't many um, makeup brands that also hold a social responsibility. So every couple of months, I choose a charity and um, we pay a percentage of the profits of the charity and um although it looks as if that it's a crowded market when you look down to the nitty-gritties it isn't
0: mm, okay so you could easily fit into a you know competing with some of the really big boys with a very different niche approach to you know how you manufacture package and you know support the local um, communities along that, on that along that line okay That's, so is that important to you then the sort of the the giving back and the the, the charitable aspect of the business then
1: definitely very much so
0: yeah
1: mm. um um I'm a ambassador for a few charities as well, mm-hmm. and I'm really passionate about charities. Actually, when I sold the business, one of the things that um, I was sort of weighing up my options, okay, what am I going to do? Mm. Um, it's not time to retire. And I always say, the day far, I retire, I'll f- probably die. Far,
0: <laughs> far too young to retire. Yeah, so just, <laughs> to it, be
1: fair. It, it's just going to be uh, um, way too boring as yeah. well. So I thought, right, what is it I want to do? And um, charities was one of the options, but I'm passionate about all sorts of things from mm um people with terminal illness to children so it was a case of no actually let's let's follow the passion let's do the cosmetics and have a um you know split the profits Mm. every couple of months to a specific charity and that's what
0: we do entrepreneurship i'm going to talk about that the oxford english dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who sets up a business or businesses taking on financial risk in the hope of profit Do you agree with that or is it more than just about making the money?
1: It's definitely more than just making the money, Mm -hmm. but they do take a financial risk. Mm. Um, Looking, for example, myself, it's following the passion. Mm. If you're passionate about something, you will make it work. Mm. And quite often you come across people that have made hobbies into a business. Mm. Um, So, yes, they definitely take a risk Mm. and they're definitely investing some time, effort and money be able to make a profit um but there is a lot more to that
0: mm. you're a people person aren't you really yeah, very much so, so. In, in in terms of that how big did Salma's Beauty Academy get in terms of your team when you were at your sort of height and biggest delivering all the additional services that you Tripped upon and ad, took advantage of in terms of, of adding them into your service.
1: There was a headcount of forty-two. Okay. So yeah. Did, you,
0: did was. you ever see yourself as a as a business owner of forty-two staff never. and responsibility for all that? Never.
1: Absolutely oh. never. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when it got when it got to that, did it feel? Did it still feel right? Did it still feel like it was Salmas? It was called obviously Salmas Beauty Academy, so mm-hmm. the name the name was there. Did it feel like yours? Did it get to? Did it get? too big for an entrepreneur is there a level of is there a level mm. that feels right I'm just trying to understand sort of where the entrepreneur and the growth bit sort of growth sits business, naturally yeah. yeah
1: as the business grew and I never anticipated uh, anticipated it to grow as much as it actually did mm. Going back about five or six years ago, I had a little bit of a sort of like a crisis within my head. I mm. felt like I was a, um, working all hours, God's given, working round the clock and I was meeting myself going backwards. And because I had just sort of um, grabbed every opportunity that came, um, it was a case of, right, you know, I've won this contract of X amount of thousands of pounds. This is, you know, these are the resources that we're going to need. This is the manpower we're going to need, da, da. da, da, da. Um, I didn't really have a structure as such in terms of middle management. So mm. I was taking the responsibility of all um, sort of reporting lines. Um, so about, I had to take a step back and we did a full on restructure, mm. created a lot more jobs and that was the best thing I ever did. So if there's a business owner that's out there meeting themselves, coming backwards, thinking they can't respond to the emails, thinking that they can't take all the calls, the voicemail's exploding, going home on a night, still checking the emails, it was the best thing I ever did. Okay. I would recommend everybody to sort of sit back, take a look at the structure and see if there's a middle management that they can draw in.
0: So entrepreneurs by their very nature, though, are action-orientated, passionate, um, probably a bit of control freak in there somewhere um so if you've got that control freak nature Mm -hmm. is it hard to give up some of that direct responsibility when you get to a certain size to trust other people in middle management and whatever you don't need to know everything that's going on in the business but was there was an element of there of, of uncertainty and doubt and concern that you didn't know everything that was going on
1: it took me a while to accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I um, implemented every day, I wanted to know what everybody was doing, making sure that the you know two ring rule applied and the phones were answered in two rings and so on. Yeah, um, And I did have to just take a little bit of a step back and just trust them. But I um, implemented 10 at 10. So at 10 o'clock, um, everybody would have 10 minutes just to talk to the team, what's going on. So everybody on schedule who's running behind who's got time you know sort of doing a little bit of shuffling and that worked amazingly well
0: okay that's a great little it, it, the thing is when you're busy it's the quick tips that work isn't it it's, yeah. you don't have to have long meetings you just have to have a touch point don't you you know what do we need to know what's working what's not working what help do you need that kind of approach yeah.
1: I was talking to a friend um, recently, and uh, she said to me, all I seem to find myself doing is no work and meetings after meetings. She says, Mm. I I seem to be having meetings for meetings. And um, I says, well, are they actually productive? Are you actually doing anything? She says, no. How do I tell the manager that?
0: Yeah, well that's a that's a that's a grown up conversation for for another time, isn't it? With them, but there's no point if you talk to any business owner, uh, and entrepreneurs are usually short, sharp, action orientated mm. people, aren't they? You know, we rather have a a five minute meeting than than a one hour sort of full yeah. briefing because you're not going to achieve any much more in in the hour than you would in five minutes if it's done properly with a short agenda with outcomes, is it really?
1: Absolutely, it's all about bullet points me it was a case of emails bullet points text messages bullet points just get to the points mm. you know it wasn't like i didn't want these long emails and all my staff knew it was a case mm. of just short sharp bullet points well,
0: that's the characteristics <laughs> though isn't it really mm. and that's about communicating the right way for the right information that you want okay and we've touched on this a little bit um you didn't really have an end game when you started because you didn't really have an you didn't have a next week game did you for someone oh. I mean, <laughs> let alone an end game i guess but uh, when did the end game become what was the what was the little light bulb that said you know what I might think about selling my baby because it is your baby isn't it you've Mm -hmm. invested blood sweat tears 10 12 years probably more 16 16 years I started the
1: business
0: when I was 19. Wow 16 years Mm. into the business Mm.
1: what
0: was the what was the spark that thought "Mm, okay maybe I could move on to something else without it being heartbreaking or heart-wrenching for you?
1: I think when it came to that business I felt as if I'd pretty much done everything we were doing training courses from um, Isle of Man right down to Cardiff Mm. so done that I had a contract in Germany so taught out there I um, partnered with a couple of universities in Dubai and also did masterclasses in Hong Kong and Malaysia so I'd done quite a lot of things and Mm. I felt like okay the world's your oyster but Uh, I think I've done everything I possibly can, had Mm. every single beauty course that you could think of. I'd won four awards, uh, business awards, and thought, okay, time to give my energy somewhere else now, otherwise I'm just going to be running this, doing the same thing, Mm. and it was becoming repeat for me.
0: Yeah, so again, going back to the entrepreneur gene pool, that's when it gets a bit mundane, doesn't it? Mm. You love fresh, new, exciting, different challenges, so if it becomes sort of just repetition... Mm-hmm. I guess, did you did you fall a little bit out of love with it to a certain extent? I got bored. Yeah, not so yeah. that's not the same question. I guess so bored rather, you wouldn't fall out of love with your own business, no. would you? I know what you mean, no. but uh, just yeah. a bit bored by the day-to-day. Yeah. Okay, so when you decided to think about selling then, uh, what sort of process, how long did that take from having the idea to finding the right buyer? Because I'm assuming with you, with the people involved, it had to be the right buyer, not just the buyer, didn't
1: it? Yeah, Absolutely. The initially the thought crossed my mind probably around about April the year before mm-hmm. so it took me almost a year yeah um, when the um, buyers came along I had initial offers on the table and I decided I wanted to go with a particular offer that I did mm. um, it was more so for my staff safety as well yeah um, it was almost like handing my children over to somebody else yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so and the day I told the staff I was I was quite emotional myself more so because they were, they were lovely you know yeah. I had a fantastic team and you just really can't do anything without a fantastic team.
0: I did some training with your team going back in the day. And I have to say, um, it was one of the most fragrant training rooms (laughs) I've ever been in. They're all sort of um, beauticians and, and, you know, senior senior members of your team and the, 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 the the, the smells were fabulous. It was the most. It was the most beautifully pungent and and lovely training environment ever worked in. So it's not the biggest, not the hardest gig I had to do, really. You know, training yeah. training people who smell lovely <laughs> in, in a training room. So I do remember that one. That was going back some time. But um, okay. So in terms of your new venture, SK cosmetics, you've already identified it, it was a potentially crowded market. But for the first time ever, you did a bit of research and found it wasn't, which yeah. is good. Um, what did you bring to the new venture then from your previous business experience? Are you are you a different animal to the person who set up Salma's Beauty Academy? And if so, what is it that you've brought from all that 16 years of learning that's helped you get SK uh, Cosmetics up and running?
1: Oh, a heck of a lot. When I initially started Salma's Beauty Academy, I thought it was just going to be myself and maybe an admin girl that would just help me out. I'd do all the training and mm. so forth. And it grew and it grew, it grew good um i didn't have at that time you know all the policies processes the foundation wasn't set because as the opportunities came my way i just grabbed it and then decided i would deal with it Mm. however when you've got contractual obligations you've got targets to hit you've got um all sorts of things going on there and you're sort of chasing yourself backwards because then you're sort of thinking oh, suddenly I need an environmental policy or I need this policy and I need that handbook. You know, mm. So you're sort of then setting the ground and you need process maps. So everybody's working and singing off the same sheet, and so on.
0: It, it's harder so, to implement them as a moving feast though, isn't it? From absolutely. you know, Whilst you're already working, trying to implement them, you're sort of backfilling, aren't you? It's, just, it's a lot harder that I guess, isn't it?
1: Yeah, because you're so sort of um, eager to just move forward with what you need to do as opposed to doing all these boring bits of writing all these terms and conditions or whatever yeah, yeah. it may be. So this time round, um, it was a case of, no, the foundation has to be there, it has to be solid, and then I'll grow on that, as mm. opposed to with Salma's Beauty Academy, it was the, technically the other the way around. The other
0: round. way around, okay.
1: It worked, but it wouldn't always work, would it, I, I suppose? No, no, I
0: mean, sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you make your own look, um, sometimes the opportunities arise, etc. But uh, So do you think SK Cosmetics has is, is built on a stronger initial foundation than Salma's was? Absolutely. What's your ambitions for that then? 42 staff, 65 countries, world domination uh-huh. awards. What, what? Where do you see SK? I don't want to
1: have as many staff this time around okay. because I think the um, e-commerce business sort of takes over. So what technically the manpower would do in a um, the service sector, which Selma's Beauty Academy was, this is mm. more so providing a product There is an actual physical product. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, I would like to branch out into international countries. Right, um, I have had inquiries and so forth, so I'm working on them. <laughs> so, yeah, let's see what the future holds.
0: Okay, so world domination awaits for... We'll, we'll, we'll get the <laughs> listeners to look out for SK Cosmetics. Is it is it hard to scale up a cosmetics business? Are you, are you manufacturing as well then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there must be some manufacturing challenges around scale-ups on that basis, aren't there?
1: How it actually came about was... Um, during the last business award i won a couple of years ago um the table next to me the company was a pharmaceuticals company mm. one of the things that they do was also um specialize in skincare products and so forth and mm. i was just I just started ch- chatting to the lady she says what's your favorite skincare product and i says well i've got a few she says, what do you use every day so i says well just tell me something different rather than just a standard lotion i says well there's this one particular product and." Um, it's like an oil, but actually it forms up. So you you apply an oil, it takes off your makeup and it forms up. She says, well, I'll tell you what, I bet you I could uh, make, that, make some of that for you and you could put your label on it. So how do you mean? I says, I'm sure there's more to it than that. She goes, well, yes, of course there is, but I can create you a sample. Mm. So oh, that's interesting. So she says, well, come see you at the office. I says, that's fine.
0: And that was over just a, a, a dinner and awards dinner. sat the next yeah. table. <laughs> that,
1: that was, so that's how it came about. And I thought, wow, um, she, she sent me back a little bottle in the post and Mm. it was exactly the same thing and what i had sent her um was only a small amount so i thought wow that's amazing there's slightly difference in texture it was slightly thicker and so on but it wasn't the end of the world Mm. it was brilliant and i thought gosh this is interesting and that's when light bulbs. (laughs) so so,
0: so your interest was peaked about oh never thought i could do because obviously you're applying uh makeup and, and beauty products as part of the academy and things but somebody else's. so that was the first time you sort of thought oh what if that kind of thing
1: well over the years a lot of people have said why don't you bring out your own brand why don't you bring out your own brand and it's always no 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 never 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 i haven't got time for all but that's because
0: that. you were too busy though at that time mm. wasn't it that's a different dynamic when you yeah. when you're busy running a business with 42 staff in various countries i can see why you would say no Purely mm-hmm. on time pressure. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean you didn't have the ambition at the back of your mind to say one day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It's, it's really weird accidentally how that comes about though, isn't it? Because if that hadn't come about as a conversation, would you have thought, would you even know where to have started and gone from making your, your products in that sort of way?
1: Probably not.
0: Interesting. I, l- I do love stories with that kind of accidental nature to them really because you think it's <laughs> just a series of random opportunities isn't it in yeah. conversations but you are chatty, though aren't you so I suspect that you weren't sort of sat there you know glowing in your award you'll have been chatting to people about all sorts and that's how conversations come about don't oh they?
1: yeah mm. and, and they'd also want an award so it was like come here come here come on let's take pictures you know and they were like oh okay then yeah. so I was like really like extrovert and the gentleman was like oh okay shall I shall I not and that's how the conversations came about
0: good stuff okay so the, the moral of the story is get yourself out to awards dinners black tidies and keep talking to people you never know what happens yeah okay Absolutely. um I've talked about entrepreneurship uh, a, a bit already I heard a phrase the other day solopreneur um and I've also heard one called a mumpreneur which is I think it's quite hard to pronounce to be fair mumpreneur <laughs> um I'm not knocking people who are sole traders I'm not knocking mums working from home but are we going too far with these kind of definitions they've just used the word preneur and shoehorn something on the front of it what's your view on that because You've identified an entrepreneur takes financial risks and things. I'm not saying a solopreneur doesn't and a mumpreneur doesn't, but are they real? Are they valid Valid sort of um, definitions in your world? Have you come across them?
1: I have, actually. Just very recently, like yourself, in the past couple of weeks, I came across that and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And automatically what came to my head, um, the lady says, I'm a entrepreneur, and uh, automatically what came to my head was, is this a mum working from home? Mm. Um So... Is it a definition that they're using to say that um, I'm really busy, I'm working from home, I'm doing something for myself, but actually I've also got a toddler running around in the background?
0: And by the way, that's absolutely fine, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. And That's, that's how that, I started. But that defines them as a micro-business that will always mm-hmm. be a micro-business. So my view on it, if you want to be a mum, mum-trepreneur or mum-preneur, I wasn't sure which one it was, mm-hmm. is that might be a fine starting point, but if you've got ambitions to grow, are you, re- are you reducing your initial impact by by restricting kind of what people's perception of that would be I was just, I was just interested in what of it, were really. I,
1: I think that's right I think once you give yourself a label you tend to sort of stick to it which mm. is why in um, things like business if you were to ask me like you earlier did what's your goals for SK Cosmetics and where do you want to go um, it's far more powerful when you do like a public statement because you want to hold up to it yeah. So if you label yourself as a entrepreneur or a sole entrepreneur, are you always gonna are you are you quite happy with that? Are you mm. always gonna stay there? It, that might be your plan and there's nothing wrong with that. and yeah. uh, That's absolutely fine. But if you want to grow, um, that sole entrepreneur, entrepreneur might quite quickly become entrepreneur.
0: Okay. So going back to the entrepreneur, what are the characteristics that you think define someone who might traditionally be described as a genuine entrepreneur? So you know, what's in your DNA? What 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 is it about you? And and entrepreneurs move in circles with other entrepreneurs usually. You must know lots of people like you who've either accidentally or deliberately grown very successful businesses. Mm-hmm. What do you think's the common themes and the threads and the DNA? Is there some characteristics in there that we should be looking for?
1: Yeah. For myself, um, when I started the business, it was ambition, it was determination. I'm really determined. Mm. So if I said to you, I'm going to do... So and so, I will do so and so. And that's my DNA. It's more, um, I'm really determined to do something and I will do it. Mm. Um eventually that grew into ambition because then it's a case of next step, next step, next step.
0: What can we do with that? Mm-hmm. Rather than I want to do it, mm-hmm. but now I am doing it. What yep. do I actually want to achieve with it kind of thing? Of course. The okay. world's
1: your oyster, so it's a case of just keep going
0: okay anything else in there do you think obviously hard work is part of that process I've never met an entrepreneur yet who is lazy never met an entrepreneur yet who you know has duvet days I think you know the, 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 <laughs> I just haven't you know they're all hard working focused yes. determined etc was that in you as a child at school you know in either competition in terms of sport or academia and things were you were you a competitive sort of little Salma when you were at school I
1: I wasn't actually, I I wasn't very competitive as a child, Mm. I was fine, I was quite happy if somebody thought they could do it, I was the sort of person that'd sit back and say, well you said you'd do it, do it then, you know, rather than, okay then I'll show you what I can do, you know, I wasn't very competitive, I was more so, that's fine, as I grew up I I think I started becoming more competitive, I always wanted to achieve something or do Mm -hmm. something and there was always, if if somebody said something to me, um, and it could be anything, question that was always in my head was why? And I do that quite a lot at home actually if my mm. dad or anybody says some brothers and sisters, why? And they're like, Well actually, um, just because we said, but why? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you'd be a pleasure to have a conversation with sometimes, won't you really? I press be, push, press push, <laughs> press push.
1: I can be devil's advocate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well that's good. I think it's important though that, that people look and say You know, what are the characteristics I'm going to need? They might want to call themselves an entrepreneur, but if you haven't got certain things in your DNA, it'll be much harder work than it will be to be intuitive and just, Mm. you know, give it a go. You do take risks, though, don't you?
1: Yeah, you've got to be a risk taker. You've got to sort of say to yourself, well, I'm going to do this. Mm. I'm determined it's going to work. And if it's not going to work, I'm going to fall flat in the mud. But guess what? I'm going to get up and do it better. Rather Mm. than sort of just say, well, it's not worked. Okay, I give up.
0: Mm. Or... It might not work, so I won't try in the first place. That's the worst part of that process, isn't it, where you, yeah. you, you fear overrides the requirement to do it. Mm-hmm. I could try it, but what if it fails? Well, you know what? If it does...
1: Get up and do it better.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a different approach in the UK to the US, I think. In the US, there's much more of that kind of uh, get up and go, give it a go try again, try again, try again. In the UK, it's a little bit more frowned upon, I guess, in some respects, you know, or it didn't quite work. Oh, well, you know, mm. go, and get another, go and get another job, that kind of stuff. So culturally, we have a slightly different dynamic to, to other parts of the world. And certainly, the, you know, America has that perception. It might not be real, but a perception that, you know, it's the, land of, it's the land of opportunity and give it a go, give it a go and give it another go type thing. So you born in the wrong continent, do you think, Salma?
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think you've got to be persistent. Yeah. You've, got, you've got to be quite persistent. And uh, quite often I used to say to my sales girls that in, in the mildest way possible, you're sort of almost... Um, kind of a little bit aggressive mm. so you're not sort of thinking I'm not going to pick up this phone and ask um, somebody if they want to purchase something you, you're just going to pick up the phone mm. and close that sale yeah and if you don't it's fine you just move on to the next person
0: I loved working with you when we're doing that though because that's the same in ethos I have from a sales point of view the worst that can happen is someone says no actually it's not true the worst that can happen is you don't make the phone call for someone to say yes or no do you that's the, that's that's absolutely the difference correct, yeah. yeah okay What percentage of people do you think have got an entrepreneurial gene or the ability to be entrepreneurs? Because I don't think it's for everyone, but I'm interested from Mm. your viewpoint, you know, what percentage of people do you think could Mm -hmm. and maybe should think about giving it a go?
1: Quite a large percentage. I think everybody has... the ability to go for it Mm. everybody they just need to sort of awaken the inside spirit that's kind of going to give them the get up and go Mm. but they need to put to bed the negativity and that little voice that keeps propping up to say no no don't do it you're quite comfortable where you are it's a case of just get up and go just Mm. just do it don't listen to that voice um it's quite difficult to say the exact percentage no no but uh, you but know there'll there be some much. people there'll
0: be some people who like the regularity of a paycheck on the certain you know 25th mm. of the month and they don't want the risk and they won't take that but it's it, i i my in my view i think that might be 20 25 percent of the people would never do anything mm. that, that rocks that boat or, or or upsets that potential kind of risk risk uh, uh balance but um I'm probably thinking seventy seventy five percent of people could could have a an entrepreneurial spirit which is whether it's hidden yeah. or not
1: yeah absolutely um some people are um quite happy with a robotic lifestyle go mm. to work at this time finish at this time that's it get paid at this date da, da, mm. da, da, da. um I don't think I could do that no. I'm quite sort of like um like a little bit of sprinting here and there yeah so. you are
0: almost unemployable in a good way aren't you really mm. I would imagine because of that kind of you know characteristic of of, of Activity and action, and trying something new, and all that kind of thing—that wouldn't always work in an employed situation, would it? Really,
1: probably not. And I'd probably get quite bored. Yeah, quite quickly.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, when I was at school, and I'll say for my children listening, about a hundred years ago, I think they would say, um, "Running your own business was never even discussed. It was never an option." The careers people, such as there were, never said, "Oh, you know, you've got what it takes to be successful running a business." That kind of thing. Um, that's changed dramatically certainly over the last 10 or 15 years and do you think any influence of that's come down from things like the apprentice or um we've got in the uk we've got dragon's den it's called shark tank in the u in the UK, uh, the us are these programs influencing people to be more ambitious about hey i could try that do you think there's any the correlation between that and, and people's you know younger people setting up businesses earlier
1: Quite possible. Um, when I was at school, I did business. And uh, I must say, everything that I learned in business, um, I didn't quite use much of it in my business. It was a case of um, everything that I learned in my business. I don't think no no qualification or course would have taught me. Yeah. What I do find in uh, schools is in academia, they kind of um, program your brain to be academic as opposed to sort of get up, go, take risk. It's all, uh, all about the safety net. And um, programs like The Apprentice they do sort of awaken the mind to say, actually, there is there is an adrenaline rush. It yeah. is exciting. It is, I think I can do that. You know, I, I th- everybody's got really different um, ideas, really nice, good ideas. Some things are like ideas where that you'd have never have thought of. And if they can make that and flourish that into a business, mm. I think there's a lot of potential for people that actually have a skill.
0: Mm. Well, I've never missed one episode of The Apprentice in the UK, I think in 15 seasons. It's one wow. of my absolute favorite programs it's more a bit of a car crash tv kind of thing really isn't it some yeah. of the some of them and and you look at the characters on there and I know it's a reality show rather than a business show in some respects um I watch it in terms of how not to do stuff sometimes or for really good content for training courses and think would, is that how you would really approach negotiation or pitching or product development that kind of thing but um it does inspire people doesn't it watching to think well, if, that's, if they're on telly doing that, surely I can achieve that myself.
1: It does. Some of the things and the pictures that I've seen, honestly, sat on my sofa, it makes my coat of toes curl. <laughs> I think, no way did you just come out with that or did you just say that. But, and I keep saying to my son that, look, um, this is exactly how not to do business.
0: Yeah. Okay. How old is your son? 16. 16. So at the right age for nurturing first steps into the adult world and all that kind of thing. Okay. I'm going to touch on that. Um, there's a lot of advent recently around social media, influencers, mm-hmm. uh, celebrity, uh, roots to sort of riches really. And, you know, YouTubers and that kind of stuff. Do you think that sort of people look at that in an unrealistic way and say, "Oh, I could be a YouTuber and make millions because somebody is doing that already. And does that, affect people's work ethics do you think have, have we got a different dynamic now in terms of the people's expectations are well I could be a celebrity or I could you know be uh you know I can go on Love Island or one of these reality shows and, and make some money you know where does that sit versus hard work because it frustrates me as a I'm 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 much older than you and I've been around many more blocks I think in that respect but it frustrates me when you see people going well I just want to be a YouTuber mm. but the YouTubers are on YouTube we're early adopters and the work in and stuff it's not a shortcut, is it
1: no i think what people forget is what you see on youtube or what you see of an influencer is what they want you to see yeah um you only see a short snapshot of their day um i have many followers on things like snapchat and um what people forget is quite often i've had remarks like um oh it's all right for you though isn't it or you've got a fantastic team or you just sit at work having these massages and actually that's far from it um What people see is probably about a minute of my day Mm. that I choose to let them see. And um, people look at the good things and think, if he can do that, I can do that. Mm. Uh, If she can do that, I can do that. And that's absolutely fine. You probably can. But there is hard graft, hard work, hard Mm. efforts, um, uh, an investment that's been plowed into becoming that. And I have come across a few youngsters that have said, I want to be a YouTuber. All right, okay, what's your expertise? What are you teaching on YouTube or so on? Nothing, I'm just having a little bit of a banter. Mm.
0: Can you make a career out of that?
1: Probably not.
0: Probably not. Some people have, but they've worked hard to get to doing that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they may make an income out of it um, because many people have Mm. made an income out of banter on YouTube or whatever.
0: But you've got to have a skill, haven't you? You've got to be sharing something, surely, of value or interest, because that must have a short shelf life, potentially. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'd be quite scared about the securities in that.
0: Mm. I do sound like an old fart. I appreciate that. So I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, (laughs) I just think you still can't differentiate from the fact that if you want to achieve something, you've got to have a work ethic gene, haven't you, really? Mm -hmm. Okay, no worries. Now... One piece of advice you'd give anyone thinking about setting up their own business. You've you've done it a number of times. Um, What would you say, because you've done it in two different ways, certainly, with with the last two. What what advice would you give to somebody who's thinking, you know what, I do want to give it a go. I will take a risk. I will back myself. I will invest some time, effort and energy in seeing if I can make it a go. What's the advice you would give someone to get them off to the best possible start?
1: Plan and research. (laughs) don't don't let it put you off though don't let your research put you off and you know i've come across a lot of people when we've been um particularly those that have um been taught beauty and they say oh it's fine the lady next door is doing it for five pounds i'm going to do it for four and i says no 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 Mm. you know you don't that's not what business is about it's not about undercutting no actually um in terms of the um, beauty arena in our local area where I'm from in Batley was probably one of the most expensive around, mm. but business was fine. It's you know there's a lot of other things. It's how you portray yourself, and one of the things I used to say to these mobile therapists that wanted to start business from home, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs like we talked about earlier. Yeah. It was a case of well, you need to identify: um, are you going to be sort of um, Short, sharp, and savvy people come quick, turn around, and it's just cheap and cheerful. Are you going to be in between? Are you going to be sort of giving them a premium service? They come in, give them a cup of coffee. That's how you sort of identify yourself in the marketplace. Mm. I think many people didn't quite understand that. It was just a case of my research. Their research meant look around the local area, what people are charging. Charge, just go a little bit charge. lower.
0: That's a race to the bottom, isn't it? No one's yeah, oh. ma- no one's making money at that level, either.
1: No. No. And then there's, there's enough money to be made for everybody to have mm. a decent living. You've just got to work for it and earn it.
0: So you're saying there in terms of understand what you do, understand where it sits and be prepared to charge the right price for the right service and the right product.
1: Yeah. The research that you do and the planning that you do prior to setting up the business, make sure it's for the correct purpose and the right purpose, not mm. to set you up for failure.
0: Okay. Excellent advice. Last question. What's next for Salma and SK Cosmetics And What's next? If I got you back on the podcast in a year's time, what were we talking about?
1: Uh, in a year's time, I'll have uh, hoped to have launched a fair few new products and new ranges, which are all in the being and the making as we speak, mm-hmm. so, which is all exciting, and hope to be in far more outlets than we already are.
0: Excellent. And global domination awaits maybe two years down the line. Oh yes, excellent, Salma. It's been an absolute pleasure, as I knew it would be. Love talking to you. Meet you a few times on different courses and networking. So, thank you for being a guest on thank the Impact you. Sessions. Thanks for coming in, sharing your your view on entrepreneur uh, um, and and serial sort of uh, business development skills. I hope the audience have been inspired. Your contact details will be on the end of the podcast for people to get in touch with you. Uh, so, thanks for being a guest on the Impact Sessions.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me, Nick. It's been no a problem.
0: pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. Thank
1: you.